Hello and welcome to Faith Surge and Redeemed Assembly, where every seven days a miracle takes place, where our pastors are Bishop James F. and Lady Sylvia H. Harris. We are so happy to have you here tonight with us. We are going to be indulging in our lessons that we've been teaching over the last six weeks, and we welcome any questions, concerns, and maybe you have the answer out there. This is gonna be a learning experience like no other. We have our Bishop James F. Harris, who will be in attendance with us as well. And we are ready to learn, 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 and not just learn, because so many times we hear the word, but when it comes to application, sometimes we drop the ball. So tonight we want these questions to be geared towards applying the word of God so that we can grow spiritually, mentally, emotionally, financially, whatever the case may be, we are able to apply these lessons to our life and live productive as kingdom productive citizens. How about that? All right. So I'm going to say a prayer really quick and um, we're going to jump right in. And what I want you to do, if you're on here tonight and you have questions or concerns, or like I said, if you may have the answer, feel free to type them in the chat and we will see your comments there. But let us know you're here right now because we are so excited that you chose tonight to be with Redeemed Assembly. And now we'll go before the throne. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for bringing us to this point of awareness, God. We thank you for being the God of all knowledge. We thank you for being sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, the sufficient one, the God of all that we need, that we need, that we expect, that we want. You are the author and the finisher of our faith, God. Lord, we invite you into this study tonight, Lord, to have your way, Lord. Lord, we just desire to be pleasing in your sight, and we desire to maximize, not minimize, but maximize our spiritual lives and our spiritual walk with you, God, because this is our career, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this point of awareness. We thank you for the truth that's about to overtake this Bible study. We thank you for the revelation that's going to come forth as a product of our efforts, God, to get to know you better and to live according to your word, Lord. We ask that all questions be answered, God, that you simplify the answer so even our young people are able to apply it, God. And we thank you for each person that is present on this panel tonight, Lord. Move through their lives in a mighty way, God. And at the end of the day, God, get the glory out of this study. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, like last time, I want to introduce our panel. Um, these are a group of amazing people, amazing people that not only teach the word, but they invite you into their lives to walk with them so that you can see the word that they're teaching as well as what they teach, okay? So I'm going to start with our introduction. I'm going to introduce them in the order in which they come to teach these lessons, all right? So first we have the remarkable, the transparent, the carrier of the gospel herself, Minister Tion Thorne. Hello. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And then we have, we're going to nickname him the principal, all right? So in this case, he, he may not be in the school setting, but we're going to call him the principal of the Bible study, all right? And that person is the incomparable. Mr. Damian Barfield. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> and 
And then we go to the, the woman of prayer, the, the woman of emotion, the mother, the one that's always the encourager and the persons of Miss Edith Ramsey. Hello, everybody. And then we're moving on to the man of the Bible who always brings up the scripture in relevant times and can he can walk you through this Bible just by himself. He knows what he knows. Mm -hmm. And the person of Minister Antonio Pittman. Good evening, everyone. <laughs> and then we have the doctor herself, yeah. the psychologist of the word of God. And she is, and but she is one of the most hilarious persons you ever want to meet. But we have the loving, encouraging Dr. Jessica Brooks. Good evening. Welcome. And lastly, but mostly important in our lives as teachers, we have the man himself, the voice of wisdom. Yes. The one that walks, talks, and breathes the word and gives no out to the word. The man of the hour, Bishop Dr. James F. Harris. Good to see you. So tonight, we, oh, we are all here to answer questions. Like I stated before, we're here to answer questions. And we're just here to bring clarity. Sometimes... We sit in lessons, but we're not able to hear. You know, we're not able to ask our questions. I shouldn't say hear, but we're not able to actually ask those probing questions that could be the could be the link to changing our lives. So we ask no question is dumb tonight. Let's try and keep the questions on on the subject though. How about we do that? Okay. But everything is welcome. Ask the teacher. We're here for it. Let's let's roll with it. Let's have some fun in the word of God. Because I think it's the funnest thing in the world. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go down for a minute and we're gonna start with the review from our minister Tion Thorne. And then we'll the panel will come. Well, you know what? We're gonna stay on here. We're gonna give Tion Thorne the floor right now to elaborate on her lesson. Well, good evening, everyone. It's always a privilege to be here amongst you all. Um, thank God for my church family, for our pastors, bishop, and lady. Um, we talked about passion and how our belief systems really affect our passion and how we believe. If you notice that a lot of people that are successful, they never quit. They believed in their dream. They kept working and working and working. But have you ever tried to change a habit or a negative thought or emotional reaction and struggle to make the change stick? If you guys have ever been through that, I know that I have. If you struggle to make changes, it is possible because you didn't address the underlying belief system. And that's what we find like with a, an addiction. An addiction is just like a vehicle that just drives you away from what really is going on inside. And our belief systems affect every area of our life. Belief affects most of your emotions, your thoughts, the way you think, your productivity, your relationships, and your attitude. Your belief will determine what kind of decisions that you make in terms of food, health, exercise, financial independence, happiness, 
smart relationships. It affects all of that. And I want to give you an example of how your belief system can spiral out of control. Okay. So those moms who clean and wash dishes and it seems like everybody always come and mess it up as soon as you're finished. This is what happened. They left dirty dishes out again. I've told them a dozen times that it's not okay. It just makes more sense to wash it right then and there, put it in a dishwasher right away. What's the harm in that? They don't listen to me. Actually, it's like they don't even respect me. Do I have to clean everything up myself? I'm the only one that cleans up around here. If they can't respect and appreciate me, then I'm not cared about. I can't live with someone who treats me like this. I'm done. Has anybody ever experienced that? How your, your entire belief system can look at a small situation is the fact that maybe they just didn't want to wash dishes or they don't like to wash dishes, but we have turned it into this whole domino effect because of our belief system. And in short, shifting our mind has gone from leaving the dirty dishes out to not being listened or respected. And if you feel that your life, your emotions, and your mind is out of control, you have to ask yourself, what is it that controls it? If you're not in control, what's controlling it? Your belief systems affect every area of your life. Most importantly, they will affect your happiness, your misery. They are behind your emotional outbursts, your anxiety, your depression, insecurity, financial decisions. It's behind it all. But Proverbs 23 and 7 says that for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Your beliefs determine whether you feel worthy enough to be happy or whether you feel it's even possible to make changes. If your belief system is programmed with, this is just the way I am, or I will always be this way, then you have precluded from considering options that will help you to have your life change permanently. What changes would you like to make in your life today? Notice how already in your mind, your mind is giving you thoughts about whether that change is possible or not. Even right now, as you think about change, your mind is already telling you if it's possible or not. John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Exodus 23 says, you shall have no other God before me. First Peter 2 and 9 says, Be ye, but ye are chosen generation of royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous life. I, light, I know that your belief system can change because mine has changed. Beliefs have tremendous power to create or to destroy, to make you or to break you. Beliefs empower you or disempower you. They are the guiding force to direct us what, what we may need in life. It guides us. Whatever you believe, it's going to guide you. So if you have problems in relationships and you can change your belief system, then your relationship will change. You notice that with doctors, if you keep a positive environment, people have been healed because of what they believe. People have been um, taken out of bad situations because they changed their mindset. Your mind is so powerful. But the ultimate freedom we have as human beings, as human beings, is the power to select what we will let our minds dwell upon. We have the power to select what we will allow our minds to dwell upon. And lastly, I just want to point out the scripture, Philippians 4 and 8. Finally, brothers, whatsoever, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is an excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Understand that if you want to 
find your passion and you want to keep going and not always stopping and repeating cycles, you have to take a look at your belief systems and stop believing that it'll never change because God can do anything. If you believe the word of God, our whole entire walk with God is based on your belief. If you can believe that God wants this thing for you, then you can have whatever your mind is put to. So change your belief system and your whole life will change. Pray my strength in the Lord. All right. All right. All right. That was a whole lot in a short span of time. <laughs> and I, I can agree with you because just what you think about determines every how you see and how you feel. It's the filter to everything. So if your filter is clogged, nothing can really get through but junk. But it takes a clear filter for everything good to pour in and for goodness to just come to you. So, Tian, I have one question for you tonight. The question on the floor is, we what you have noticed when what you have noticed does not work not work time and time again that needs to be discarded or replaced all right what have you noticed that does not work time and time again that needs to be discarded or replaced how would you address someone with this question so with this question if let's just use a relationship every time every season or every three months a relationship or friendship takes you down a path where you are destructive where you are angry where you are not getting along with people we have to take the time and say okay is this something that i want in my life it's really like bishop has been teaching us we have to decide you can't say that subconsciously that you don't know that this is not good for you because there's never yielding fruit it's always yielding hurt and pain. So if you got things that you're repeating in your life, whether it's financial, whether it's friendships, whether it's your relationship with God, how you would, when God does or blesses you with something, then you're so passionate about him. And then in three weeks you fall off. Like if you notice things happen in your life like that, that's that part of that belief system or just your will. You have to decide what is good for you, what is not. If you don't have the ability to decide yourself, then that's when you need to surround yourself with good people, people that you can look at their lives and say, okay, this person is growing in God. This person makes great decisions, but we have to be practical and stop ignoring all of the warning flashing signs that God put before us. That's how we mess up. We keep trying to make something work that was never meant to be in your life. And you cannot keep doing that because you're going to get the same results. So honestly, the answer to that, decide. And the lie, and I, that was a good answer because the lies seek to prove themselves right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing about a lie. It does not stop trying to prove itself right. Mm-hmm. So it continues to, it, it becomes the glasses of the soul, of the, of the heart, of the will, of other people's intent. Because sometimes what we see is not reality. Mm-hmm but we saw it through the lens of our lives. Mm -hmm. And as a lot of people that's still searching for the truth, wanted to manifest a lie. So the only truth we have is the word of God. And 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 that is a really good point. And sometimes we are addicted to being negative. We are allergic to the truth. So we have to look in our lives and take responsibility 
for how we feel. As long as they're blame, we'll never be made whole. But it's when we stop and we take responsibility for the way we think and submit it under the power of the Lord Jesus Christ that change starts to happen. And, and we one start more to point, I think oh. that also we make it familiar. When you're with me in my life, if I'm familiar with something, even though it's failing, because I know the outcome, I stick with it because exactly. I know the outcome. I can handle this. But if I let it go, I don't know what that is going to look like for me. I don't know how much it's going to hurt me. I don't know what else I'm going to find out about myself. It's a lot of reason, coping mechanisms that we hold on to because we're familiar with it. But you got to trust God enough to let it go and believe that God's, again, believe that God's going to bring something better in your life. But as long as it occupies what God is trying to feel, you're going to stay right where you are. Mm -hmm. So we have security in our insecurities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. Okay. Well, that was good, Bishop. How would you like to wrap this up? <laughs> it's already wrapped up. <laughs> <laughs> it's already wrapped up. Amen. <laughs> All right. The All truth right. is, what you said is so true. We 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 tend to follow what we are familiar with. We don't care how many times it hurt us, we will repeat it over and over again, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. So very good. Very good. All right. So thank you, Minister Thorne. That was wonderful. And are there any questions from the audience on what she just spoke about, our belief system? Mm -hmm. Any questions from the audience? All right. I don't see any yet. We'll keep an eye open for that. But remember, there's freedom. If God can't deliver you, the whole word is a lie. Mm. And we will forever, regardless mm. of the situation, we will all be captive, captives of sin. Mm. So I don't care how big the sin is and I don't care how small the sin is. If God can't deliver us from it, we will always be a prisoner mm. of our mistakes, of our failures, and of our past. So mm. if God can deliver from one thing, his word is absolute. All right. Mm. So let's move on to the principle. Mr. Damian Barfield. All right. Fire away. Praise the Lord, everyone. Um, great job, Tion. So my uh, topic uh, was belief system as well, because when Tion taught that lesson, um, it kind of pricked my heart. And, you know, God told me to kind of stay right there in that vein. Um, so I talked about belief system and how it related to obedience. And if you recall, my scripture was from Luke 5, 1 through 8. And to paraphrase, this, this is when Simon uh, was out uh, fishing and he had toiled all night and next day came, still hadn't caught any fish and he began to wash his nets, uh, which was a symbolism of, you know, they're done for the night. Um, and then Jesus tells him before you do that to, to go launch out into the deep and to let down your nets, plural, but Simon only lets down one net. Um, so the blessing turns out to be so big that Simon needs his help to captured all these fish and he called his fellow fishermen to, to wrap in this blessing. So my three points are um, the takeaways for that lesson. The first was some of us had washed our spiritual nets and we had given up on God and our belief system was we can't do this anymore. We're done, we're finished. We can't do anything productive for the kingdom of God. 
But the reality is it's not over until God says it's over. And that's not a cliche. It sounds real good, but the, that's the truth. It's not over until God says it's over. He's still able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or think. My second point or my second takeaway from that was we only do what God instructs us to do sometimes, occasionally, when it's convenient, or in some cases, not at all. Um, an example that was that I gave to you was, you know, speaking to someone in church. God told you to speak to someone and cultivate a relationship with someone, but you only speak to Sister Flossie one time and then you consider it being obedient. That's not quite how God intended it to be. We weren't willing to go the extra mile. So we want to keep that in mind. And then the third point I had was um, we had the belief system that if we can get to a certain point, then we can relinquish the rest to God. And it doesn't work like that. You know, this is right around the time where Bishop had taught the message how we can't restrict or contain God. And the danger in doing that was we misappropriate the things of God. And we, I talked about, you know, a miracle versus a blessing. And I use the example of my vehicle is a blessing, not a miracle. And I referenced the miracles that we have in our church, our real live miracles that we see and talk to the numerous people that are cancer free, who are living healthy, productive lives. So, um, th you know, that was pretty much the, the three points that I wanted to, to wrap up. Um, and, I, and I also wanted to say that the only thing that's holding us back is our thinking, our belief system, you know, pretty much our faith, you know, but the scripture says, I've prayed for thee that thy faith fail not, you know, and when thou converted, strengthen thy brethren is what Jesus said. Um, so those are my three points. Good job. Good Amen. job. Great so, job. Yeah. Great job, great yes. job. And uh, I, I tell you, y'all are just phenomenal, <laughs> phenomenal. And we we like to do things that we think we can do. If I can handle it, I want to do it. On, but if there's any doubt as to whether I can do it or not, I'll keep putting it off. Mm. But if we can believe God is able to do it. I may tell you, when God tell you to do something, he's gonna surprise you anyhow, yes. you know? Uh, because it's going to be beyond your reasoning when God tells you what to do. Right. Great job. Great job. So, the question. Any questions? <laughs> <laughs> the question on the floor is for Mr. Marfield is we, why are we selective in what part of God's word we obey, as well as instructions from our pastor? Great question. So I think essentially this happens when our spiritual foundation is improperly laid. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by that is we hear the word, mm -hmm. but we don't do the word. Mm -hmm. So we hear the word, but we don't do the word. You talked about application at the beginning of tonight's uh, lesson, Danielle. So I think we, we know faith comes by hearing, mm -hmm. but think about it. What good is hearing or what good is he having the faith if we're not going to put any work to it, if we're not going to do anything? We can't just hear and be idle. Mm -hmm. So the work part of it is the doing and the doing builds the foundation of, of the spiritual walk that we have. In that very next chapter, in chapter six, verse 46, it goes on to say, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say. So he's given us instructions and we choose not to do it. We gotta do it. We hear the word, but we have to do. And then in verse 47, it goes on to say, and I'm paraphrasing, whosoever heareth my sayings and doeth them, 
they're like a man which built a house and he dug deep and he laid his foundation on rock. And then, you know, it goes on to say it could not shake. But then he says in verse 49, but he that heareth and do it not, that do it not is like a man without foundation built on a house upon the earth against strings beat upon it vehemently and immediately it falls and the house is ruined. So when we don't do and dig deep and lay a solid foundation, we're subject to erosion, we're, we're subject to a sinkhole. Anyone been in a sinkhole before? Mm -hmm. Sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore? Mm -hmm. There was no foundation. The house looks nice on top, but then one day it's gone. So when we don't, so when we don't hear and do, we just kind of focus on the surface part. So what I mean by that is, you know, an example is my tie knot is it's, it's, it's 100, but my tongue is loose. Or uh, my, 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 my suit looks real good, yeah. but my heart is tore up inside. I got a jacked up soul. The cologne smells real good, but it can't really cover the stench of the old wretched man that I am. So God wants us to hear and do. You know, we talk about, we hear we got the victory, but we don't walk in it. We hear, love your neighbor, but we don't speak to Sister Flossie. We gotta hear and do. So, and what happens is what we believe, it must become part of our behavior. Yes. What we believe must become part of our behavior. And then it becomes the foundation. And when the best part of this is, as we do, we experience God. Bishop mm -hmm. always talks about, I think it's Gnosko, learn by experience. Mm -hmm. So hearing is not meant to bash people in the head with scripture all the time. Mm -hmm. It should be accompanied by doing, you know? So if we, because if we just do, then that's a form of godliness and that's wickedness. So we are selective in what we hear and do because we don't want to struggle truthfully. Because when that's you dig deep, when you dig deep to get to the foundation, Come it's, on. A, it's a productive struggle. But what's going to happen is you're going to pull up stuff like lust, mm. unforgiveness, hurt, pain, jealousy, mm. judgmental, low mm. self-esteem, insubordinate, can't do what your pastors tell you to do, addictions, bad peer groups. I could go on and on and on. <laughs> but if we be willing and yeah. obedient, yeah. Yeah. we shall eat the good of the land. That's so right. Essentially, we have to obey the word. This is newsflash. We don't get to vote on the word. Come on. We got to do it. It's not up for public opinion. No. Nope. can't be consumed with the surface when the problem is really underneath that foundation. Mm -hmm. So, but the good thing about it is unlike a home, you can relay your spiritual foundation. All you got to do is keep eating the word, eating the word, and that's relay right. that spiritual foundation. So that's why I think. That's good. Well, all right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about work. All of our work should spring out of the foundation of faith. Mm -hmm. Yes. All of our works, so if the foundation is faith, then our works spring out of it. And I love what you said. Belief must be a part of our behavior. Yeah. So all of our behavior should change when we come in contact with God. Mm -hmm. And it's not pretty when you think that you graduated mm -hmm. from something and God right. sends you back there because right. once I, I remember Bishop preaching, I will always throw you up at the point of your responsibility. Yeah. So although yeah. you think you got away from it and God keeps throwing you back up at that spot, it means you haven't become responsible right. in that area. Like Jonah, you haven't become responsible in that area. So I got to keep throwing you up so you can get true growth instead of phony growth. 
Yes. So the change is always necessary. But I love oh, yeah. that. Belief must be a part of your behavior. And it's always a productive struggle. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Love it, Barfield. <laughs> okay, we got a question. What is the age of accountability? And how do I become responsible for my salvation? Great question. The age of responsibility is when you hear the word, uh, you're responsible for the word. Bishop. Yeah. Come on, Bishop Harris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I think, uh, you know, when we notice the Bible, I think it was like there was something about the age of 12 that made a person accountable, more accountable. But uh, the knowledge was not as vast as it is today. Uh, I think like um, Daniel had said, when we have the knowledge of the truth, we become accountable. Mm -hmm. And all of us don't come at the same time because you got some people eight years old, they are very responsible and accountable. Mm -hmm. So you know, it, it's hard to put a age limit on it, but from the standpoint of the scripture, 12 is usually that accountable age. And there was a second part of your question. Um, if they can put the question back up. Devin's question. I think it was how does he, how does he handle his salvation or something to that effect. All so, right. Responsible. And what do what Jesus did, you don't have to worry about revelations in the sky and all the other kind of stuff. Just do what your parents tell you to do. Come on. That's the accountability. Mm -hmm. They are your practice. If you can't do what your parents tell you to do, forget about God. It's true. That's true. Get it. Yes. Okay. All right, excellent job, um, Principal Barnfield. All right. Um, Devin, I hope that question got answered for you and you're able to apply that. And next we're moving on to E Ramsey. And you can take it away. All right. So my um topic was the glory story. And um, I like the way how all of the teachers filter in the belief system, but from different perspectives. And mine personally was on the perspective of, I believe that God can do it, but I'm not sure if I can do it. And so the word says, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, but do we really believe that? We've seen what God can do, but we have to understand that, especially in execution, that God partners with us. So we do also have a portion of executing to do is not just on God. We also have a portion to do. And so I came from the um, scripture in Matthew 14, 28, when Peter saw Jesus walking on the water. And so he had been with Jesus, had saw many miraculous things. And his thought was, I know who Jesus is by now because I've been with him, right? Mm. And so God, is that you on the water? Then bid me to come because I know what you can do. And so God told him, he said, he said to him, um, come to me. And so basically Peter went on water, but as he began to walk, he heard the noise of the storm, 
he sank. And then, but I admire him because he reached out and know who to call when he was in trouble and said, yeah. God saved me. And so God, he got back in the boat, back in the boat and said, oh, ye of little faith. And so my thing is, as we begin to execute, we have to realize that there is going to be noise and storms that come up. And what we have to do is learn how to hush the storm by speaking the word while we're in the storm. And it's okay if you begin to walk on water and get scared. But what I encourage everybody to do is not go back to the boat because see, we're executing. So we gotta keep moving even in the fear of the matter. Mm -hmm. And even when it's, um, you know, we always tell our testimony when it's good, right? Mm -hmm. God did that thing, we did that thing, we overcame and we giving our testimony. But we got to give glory to God in all things, in all situations. In the beginning, when we first made the decision, in the middle, when things get noisy and scary mm -hmm. and hairy, we got to give them glory in that. And then we give them glory in the victory, even when it didn't look like the way we thought it was. Mm -hmm. So the way that I equate that is say, if you call somebody on the phone and you're talking to somebody, they're giving you great customer service and you're picturing in your mind how they look. And then you go to meet that person and you looking like that ain't who I thought it was, right? But they still had the same thing that you need, right? They're still that person on the other end that gave you the good customer service, but it just ain't what you look like. See, sometimes our victory comes like that. And mm -hmm. we got to stop boxing God in as thinking what we thought in our mind was victory when he had a whole nother way of it, but knowing that his thought toward us is always good. And so in this execution, we have to learn to give God all the glory at each and every stage. We have to ask him to bid us to come so we know that we got victory from the beginning and not be afraid to walk on water with God and don't be cheating and stay close to the boat. So if it don't work the way I think it is, I'm going to jump back in the boat. No, we walk. You see what I'm saying? It's over with now. We out the boat. We got to walk. And so that's what um, my perspective was, is can we do it with God? Do you really believe that you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you? Amen. All right. So God is our only life raft. That's it. When we're in trouble, he's the only life raft that we can hold on to. And and sometimes that, and most of the times that's his word. Yeah. And the problem is, is that most people, Christians are ignorant of the word. You've seen, you serving the God of someone else. Mm -hmm. But when God comes and he wants to be your personal savior, wow. then you yeah. can't get out of the boat until he's your personal savior. That's right. Because you're, one of, you're gonna wanna put your hand on the bishop's shoulder or <laughs> Farfield's shoulder. You want to walk out on the water when somebody else is leading the way. So if they fall, I know to swim back. Mm -hmm. But God gets us all out on the ocean of life yeah. as him being our only life raft. And unless you have that personal relationship with God, most of the time you sink. Yeah. And then he has to throw you back, <laughs> ask you that question to come back up on the water. So you can spend as long as you want getting out of that boat, trying to walk on water. Or you can walk on water and meet Jesus. Yes. So 
The question on the floor is, can fear and faith live in the same moment? I believe that it can. I remember when Bishop said, do it afraid, right? And I know that even, and it's funny how we teach these things and we go through it. So understand that when we serving it, we eating it, right? And so I know for me, I got in the middle of this execution that I'm going through and my knees start shaking and my teeth start clacking. But I say, God, I'm not getting back in that boat. I'm not. I've been saved for 20, over 20 years at this moment. If I hear, oh, ye of little faith now, I'm going to be very disappointed. And so I'm going to keep walking and I'm shivering and I'm going to keep on walking on that water. So it's to eventually meet, walk with God to see where I could have went. We don't even know where Peter could have went with God if he kept on walking. Yeah. Right? So that's what I want to know. And once we get real good at it and I get over the fear, maybe we can dance on water, run on water, but I'm not getting back in that boat. So mm -hmm. yes, fear and faith can live in the same moment, but make sure your faith becomes bigger than your fear. Mm. There it is. And also in, the, in that particular case, Peter didn't even get a chance to think. Mm -hmm. He was so overwhelmed with what he saw. Mm -hmm. he thought about it a little bit later on mm -hmm. and sometimes god allow us to do that to get out into something then you start saying what am i out here <laughs> and next time we start noticing where we are yes but uh and then at that time most of the time because of the flesh there is going to be some fear if you look at the bible all down through the bible a lot of the great men of God started off shaking in their boots, That's true. but they went on anyhow. So then the fear, after having so much success doing it, they don't even question it That's no more. Why? I got 12 times that God bought me out. I'm not even worried about it. Yes, God's going to bring me out. Why? Because I have experience. Yeah. And experience worketh what? Patience. And hope maketh not a shame because yeah. the God is shared abroad in our heart. So practice make perfect. Yeah. And I'll give an example. I remember one time I was sitting in church and God told me to walk over to this person and encourage them. <laughs> After, you know, I wasn't like Peter. I fought it through. If I go over here and they look at me like I'm crazy, <laughs> then this is not going to go well because I'm just going to be like, oh, I guess that wasn't God. <laughs> next time, I'm not going to get up. You're right. So any, anyway, I got up. I eventually, you know, before the service ended, because I didn't want to get a cussing from God. So eventually I got up, went over to the person. And when I got there, the tables turned. And, I, and I'm going to encourage them, but I was the problem to them. And I said, now, now Lord, you don't put, you don't put me in a booby trap, man. This is a real problem. What am I supposed to say? I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. I was inexperienced. So I understand how Peter felt. You call yourself just being obedient, but you don't know what that entails. You don't know. And then you, you're completely dependent on God to turn the situation into something healthy. And you don't, you like, did I really hear from God? You question if you ever heard from God. 
you question, am I thinking about a movie or am I thinking about a service or is this me, is my flesh? And of course, we always want to call our flesh so we can get out of it. Mm -hmm. But God will put you in a situation where he has to guide you through every single step. And it's scary because guess what? I am out of two two letters. I'm out of control and my pride is at stake. Come on. So then we try to draw back because we want to protect the little that we do have. Mm -hmm. But God is trying to press you out so he can use you on the small, the medium, and the big level. So I think, too, a key component in this is to maximize on those small moments of faith so that you can do a bigger thing. And and I think we should be like Peter sometimes. Mm -hmm. Just after a while, we don't care. Right. I'm not going to think about it. I'm just going to do it because I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm getting tired of being woke up in the middle of the night. So you, you end up being like Peter. And you know what, Danielle? Sometimes, too, what God is trying to do is build capacity in order to receive for the next level of growth. You cannot keep moving on growth with the same level of belief yeah. and faith that you had down here. You're not going to have the capacity and it's going to blow you up. And God is not going to move you to a place that you get blown up on. And so he has to build that capacity. And we have to work with God on those executions. Um, Sometimes we want to remain employees and not managers. So the employee only has the responsibility to the manager. Basically, all the weight falls on the manager. But we want to stay employees. But now God is calling us to management. Come on. All right. Mm. Excellent job, Eden. (laughs) Excellent. Good, good job. All right. Good job. Well, all right. Next one is Minister Antonio. Right. All right. Um, I am I am thoroughly enjoying this. My goodness, I, I'm, I'm, I'm full. I'm full. Um, my lesson, I actually we covered uh, prepared. The topic of the lesson was prepared to persevere. And in that lesson, uh, we had, we were discussing the difference in how we start something. And then when things get difficult, people have a tendency to want to, we have a tendency to want to throw in the towel. So it's, it's tougher than what I believe. But the scripture talks about that if you faint in the day of adversity, or if you faint when things really get rough, then your strength is small. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that we are relying on, we have to ask ourselves, are we relying on our own strength? Are we relying on the strength of the Lord? Now, God prepares us. He prepares us for everything. Our our trials and our things that we go through, they are tailor-made for us. Because the scripture says that he will not put more on us than we are able to bear. So think of your trial as a tailor-made suit. It's going to fit you well, but it doesn't mean you're going to have to put it on, though. It looks good hanging up, but you're going to have to walk it out. And sometimes when it comes to being prepared to persevere, most of us, we may believe that we have a pretty good level of endurance. You know, we, we can we, we get into a situation and it gets a little rough. And we said, OK, I got it. I got it. But then when the heat really gets turned up, we, we tend to like what, what Ethan was saying, we tend to look around ourselves and look at what's going on. And we start to focus on more of what's going on than where we're going to perseverance has to do with looking past where you are and being able to endure what you're going to because you know where you're going 
and in order to look at this, the per, our perfect example in scripture, of course, um, is Jesus. The Bible says that he uh, endured the cross, but it was because of the joy that was set before him. He had his focus not on what he was doing, not on what they were doing to him, but he focused on the joy. What gave Jesus that joy? That joy was, I am coming to restore my relationship with mankind. I'm coming to bridge what was broken. And when he focused on that, it didn't matter the whipping. It didn't matter that they were flogging him. It didn't matter that he was losing blood because he focused on the relationship. Sometimes we tend to focus on the circumstances more than we focus on why we're going through those circumstances. But there is a reward for everything that we go through. And what we have to focus on, and we looked at the scripture where it talked about Joash, and when he was, uh, we tend to start out good. The scripture says, you did run well, but what did hinder? We sometimes start out really well, but when things get turned up, you, that tells you what you're really trusting in. Are you trusting in your own ability, or are you trusting in something greater than yourself? Because the scripture declares that the joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So how do I make God happy? You make God happy by trusting in him when things are out of your control. Because you place him in control. And you say, God, I know that you got me. Something that I always say, it is, it has become my personal mantra, that nothing takes God by surprise. Nothing. It, it gets us. It can throw us for a loop, but it never takes God by surprise. And he said that he would give us everything that pertained to life and to godliness. So whatever we need, at what point we need it, God is always there. Jesus is the perfect example of endurance because he endured the cross. Now, it didn't say that he liked what he was going through because the Bible says he despised the shame. He despised the shame, but he endured the cross because he was focused on his purpose. The way that we get through and the way that we persevere is to focus on the purpose at hand and not the things that are going or that are happening to us. Because if Jesus had focused on him being flogged by the cat of nine tails, if he had focused on all of his disciples deserting him, then where would, where would we be? Had he not endured the cross, where would that have put us? And we look at, we looked at, Sometimes we're given instruction in the midst of a circumstance. And we're, it's almost like we, we take baby steps because we think any moment now, this thing is going to break. It's going to be over. So we don't really plan to endure. We just kind of want to get through it. Mm -hmm. And that's not a good enough mindset. I just want to get through it because that's going to fail you. Mm -hmm. That's when you. When it really gets tight and you're only waiting for it to pass, yeah. Your strength is going to give out before you get through that trial. Yeah. So Jesus being our perfect example, he focused on the joy that was set before him. And somebody says, well, how do I get joy when I'm going through? The scripture says the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah. When we please God and how do we please God? By seeking him. When we seek him, delighting to know his will. God will tell us exactly what we need to do to get through a situation. But we have to be inclined. We have to incline our ear to him to listen for instruction. When we listen for that instruction, then we're able to hear God. And then it's a matter of our will. It's a matter of us saying, just like Jesus said, 
Now, when he was faced with the cross, he did have to wrestle with his will. Mm -hmm. He did, he said, but at the end of the day, he said, not my will, but thy will be done. Your will is gonna come into question. And when you're talking about persevering, what you think, your thought life, everything is gonna come into question in order to get you through that situation. Mm -hmm. So what we have to realize is that when we trust God, and when we look for him to bring us through, it brings us to a point of decision. Perseverance will bring you to a point of decision. Am I going to just give up? You have to consider the cost. As I said, if you give up, the scripture say, if you faint in the day of adversity, then your strength is small. And I, I want to tell you, there is nothing small about God. So if your strength is running out, mm. then you have to tap into God yeah. to get the strength that you need to be able to make it through. And when we look at Jesus, we know that because he endured the cross and paid the cost for us, he bridged the relationship. So everything that you need has been paid for. It's as if somebody was to invite you on a paid trip and say, we're going to this destination. Now, if you're getting on the ship and you're wondering, what am I going to eat? Where am I going to sleep? If everything's been paid for, then all you got to do is be there. Be there. Just be there and let God do what he's going to do through you. God has everything that you need. There is nothing. He is lacking nothing. The cross took care of everything. So everything that you need is there. It is there. So when Jesus was on the cross and you know some people said well how would you endure something when all your friends when everybody forsook you the greatest point when jesus was on the cross was when he when you have to be willing to be forsaken or go mm -hmm. through something for the benefit of somebody else mm -hmm. because jesus on the cross yeah. The thing he could deal with the disciples leaving him. Now that must have hurt, but he could deal with the disciples leaving him. But the thing that hurt him the most was when he felt the father yeah. desert him. When the father turned his back yeah. because he could no longer look at sin. He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? <laughs> that was the greatest point on the cross was when the father forsook him. But Jesus' purpose was, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. So I had to be, I had to get to this point, persevere through this point, so that the relationship between creation and man could be, and God could be restored. So we have to remember, it's not just enough to get to it. Perseverance says, I got to get through it. You know, I, I gave the example of Perseverance is doing the hard things after you finish doing the hard things you just finished doing. <laughs> so it's not just not just getting to it, but it's getting through it. And with God, you can get through it. Mm -hmm. I think it's, man. Amen. Amen. I think it's amazing how God <clears throat> He gives you something that becomes like the one thing that you want. Mm -hmm. I looked at, I look at, I, I wanna make this kind of personal, in church a couple of weeks ago, and I think it was Bishop was preaching, be encouraged. Mm -hmm. 
And I looked at him and I was just like, how do you stay encouraged? Because God takes the thing that you want the most and he stretches it out over the longest period of time. So then the prize becomes God in the process and not yes. the end result. Yes. And yes. I just think that that is just it's amazing. Amazing how he can maintain us mm. in the process to want him more than the prize. That's yes. right. So that's amazing. It's just so amazing. <laughs> are you, how do you flip prizes? Yeah. Now my prize is my growth, is knowing God more is being mm-hmm. able to do things that I never thought I could do, like pray, like mm-hmm. minister, like be yes. who I never thought I could be. Like the th- my dreams are coming true in the process of getting yes. the prize. Yes. Mm-hmm. The prize right. became God in the whole process. Yes. Right. So I just I just think that it's just amazing yes. how God and then he encourages you on your lowest day. Oh, yeah. Perseverance kicks in mm-hmm. and say, I got a prize. Mm-hmm. I got a prize, and my prize is not what I want. It's Jesus. Yeah. So then my prize becomes pleasing God in the process of my biggest disappointment. Mm-hmm. He becomes the prize and makes me keep trotting after him. Yes. It may be with my last breath, but the trot never ends because yeah. I want him more than I want anything else. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's God's biggest thing is to us to see him as the prize. Mm-hmm. of everything because mm-hmm. everything that we want expires but he yeah. never expires and mm-hmm. god keeps changing dimensions in our mm-hmm. lives so mm-hmm. the things that we didn't know about him he becomes that and then another chase starts like mm-hmm. right i want more of this man yeah. Yeah. in my life so it's just i just think that it's amazing that that's called perseverance Yes. And, and that builds the foundation, right? Yes. Every experience builds the foundation. It gets higher and higher and higher. Yes. I don't have to abort God because I know he's, he, I got a, a resume. We're just yes. not just skin. Yes. I got skin as a foundation. Mm-hmm. And it's proven. Mm-hmm. It's a proven foundation. So I don't have to keep vasculating between what's, mm-hmm. if I'm going to make it or if I'm not going to make it. Yeah. I made it over that. I made it over that. You got to always have reference points to right. get you through the next thing. We're mm-hmm. building, like Buffett, we're building on victories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Even our failures become victories yes. when we put it in God's hands. Right. And the failures were necessary yeah. to build strength, to yeah. build dependence. So mm-hmm. we just keep building on victory after mm-hmm. victory. It's yeah. all in what you call it. You yeah, can see it as failure, but it's victory. Right. Right. Failure right. is victory. Right. You yes, cannot God. fail. You can do all things through Christ that strengthen you. Just keep up the appetite. Yes. Keep up the appetite for God. But that was amazing, Tony. That was yes. amazing. And then you said, God takes the law. Okay. Um, you got to see your way out. Um, is the prize worth it? And I like what you said. You have to fors- be forsaken for the benefit of someone else. Yeah. yeah. We've been praying on these last like four Fridays, four, four Fridays we've been praying and fasting. And people on vacation mm-hmm. are praying and fasting. That's right. This is how bad we were. That's what yes. the joy yes. that was set yes. for. Yes. When that hunger pain hit you, you said, oh, I still <laughs> That's right. When that hunger pain hit you, you said, oh, God, you just made a God. Yes. 
mean, that's putting it in perspective. Like, yeah, it doesn't matter my earthly, what's going on with me earthly, because you're yeah. doing something. You've completed something yeah. in the spiritual realm. And that's yeah. what keeps us going through a fast on vacation. Yes. On vacation. Yes. That's on vacation. God, I want yes. you more than my own yes. And I see it done. Yes. I see it done. When yes. Bishop said it, it happened. Um, it's not that it's happening. Mm -hmm. It's happened. And yes. we got to see God as done. Yes. I'm sorry, Bishop. <laughs> Bishop. And that is, that is so true. Um, it's a walk by faith. You don't see it. And God is always surprising you. Yeah. He always, uh, when you love him, he puts you in situations to make you grow. Yeah. He puts you in situations to make you grow. Because all of us, most of the time, we don't we don't voluntarily choose these things. Uh, we no. give God permission, we don't, but we don't we don't just volunteer and choose them. But he put us there and when he get us there. Sometimes we got to get the wind out of our jaws. Eventually, we say, "Lord, I thank you." Yeah. And you don't start off with a smile. You say, "Lord, I thank you." <laughs> <laughs> the smile will come a little bit later on. <laughs> he causes us to grow in Him. He causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus, and that's the thing that makes it so remarkable. We are living in flesh, doing yeah. spiritual things. Yeah. And the only way we can do it is kill our flesh. Yes. We are killing our flesh daily so that we can walk in the spirit. Mm -hmm. And then that question that was posed here, where do, do uh, the ability to persevere, where do it begin? I want to say that it began, I would think it began in the mind. In the mind, yes. Yeah. Because see, the mind is the working tool, mm -hmm. and the heart is the storage bin. And it's the store in the den. That's Come it. Because as a man thinketh in his heart, so oh. is he. Yeah. 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 That's it. Thank you for that clarity. <laughs> Thank Great you for that job. Clarity. Great job. T shirt, please. <laughs> the mind is the working bin and the heart is the storage bin. Yes, t shirts. Extra large. Yeah. <laughs> 2X. 2X, please. 2X. Oh, yeah. That was good, Bishop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, any questions where that's called with perseverance? Any questions? Any questions? All right. All right, now yeah, we are at the doctor herself. Doctor B. Doctor Jessica Bush. What are you looking at? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I tell you, I, I'm like uh, Minister Pittman. I'm just having a time over here enjoying. And I just want to encourage the saints of God. We hear so many nuggets that our bishop shares with us. And of course, these great, you know, people of God that are on this panel, but Bishop just said he causes us to grow in him, to triumph in Jesus. It is him that's all the while working within us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. And then he said, we are living in flesh, doing spiritual things. Yeah, I say, right. I'm still there. I'm still celebrating yeah. those nuggets. Yeah. And so I'll transition over into what are you looking <laughs> at? But I'm telling you, we are living in flesh. And that's part of the challenge with what we're looking at.
Yeah. We, yeah. You know, we've got yeah. all of these questions. Yeah. We've got eyes, ears, hands. All of these things appeal to our senses. Mm -hmm. And just as what he said, we're living in flesh, but we have to do spiritual things. Mm -hmm. Because yes. if we are doing fleshly things, well, then we're fixating our, our minds on what we can do. And, you know, I think it's a challenge because it seems like it doesn't cost us anything to listen to certain things, watch certain things, et cetera. But it does. Because we know what the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we know we've got to fixate our mind on Christ. We know we've got to spend time in the word of God. And, and we know about habits, right? We've learned that with the Daniel fast. You do something 21 days, supposedly it's a habit. But whatever yes. you're fixating on over and over and over and over, that's what's going to come up when something happens. That's what's going to come up. So, yeah, what are you looking at and what are you attending to? Uh, the three points. The first one was even though you fixate your attention on um, even though what you fixate your attention on may not seemingly cost you money, you're paying with your attention, which is a more precious commodity. First yeah. Timothy 4.13 says, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. The second point, where you fix your attention can impact your faith. Yeah. Uh, he talked about this. You know, Are you looking at the storm or are you looking at the Savior? Mm -hmm. I tell you right now, I really got to, God has been mighty good to me. But I really got to know God best yeah. through my challenges. Yes. When things were, uh, when I didn't know how I was going to make it. That's right. I tell you, it was during those times where he caused me to triumph in him. It wasn't because it had to be God. Because, see, me within myself, I would have perhaps gone another way. Mm -hmm. It was as if I was barely holding on. But it is during those times that God works on the inside of us. And and he's so gracious because he'll even have us to think that we somehow got a victory. But he had the victory all along. And yeah. he's doing it all along. And so we want to make sure that when we fix our attention on something, we understand that that starts to impact our faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to praise God. So we want to make sure, even if we have to shout like the man said, you know, I believe, but help my unbelief. Even if we've got to shout that out, we want to make sure that we keep our minds and our hearts fixated on the things of God. And the third point was God's power is just as active today as it ever has been. He has not been weakened. His power is not diluted. He can do all things. He can do everything. And he can use us to do those things as well. So I want to encourage the saints of God, you yeah. know, what, what are you looking at? What are you spending? Whatever you're giving your attention to, that's what's going to bubble up when things go on. If you're looking at, what do you call these shows where, I think it's called a reality show, right? Where people are supposed <laughs> to be having a lot of drama going on. Yeah, yeah. But then now you're wondering, why am I acting so dramatic or extra? <laughs> well, because you're filling yourself up with that. <laughs> then it's what comes out yeah. and you don't think this is normal. It is not. It's, not it's the things it's of God. And we've got to make sure that we put our attention on the things of God. Because when you're in a press, that's when you, you're going to go rely on the first thing that comes up. That's what mm -hmm. fight or flight is all about, right? It's in our bodies, fight or flight. If something happens, you know, your body starts working for you. That flesh again. But Christ mm -hmm. is saying, be still. And know that I'm God. Yes. Even if your flesh starts rising up and you think you need to do something about it, you've got to steal yourself like yeah. Christ said and say, wait a minute. It is written. 
it is written it is written and if you don't know a scripture to fight with well then where is your soul that's so right. it's not enough just to hear it on Sunday. You have yes. to open the Bible for yourself. Yes. That yes. word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. What are you looking at? Excellent. Excellent. And then he, I love when you say faith, faith comes by hearing. And sometimes we don't understand what we don't pay attention to what we are allowing ourselves to hear mm -hmm. i i can remember watching TikTok, and i remember going to bed and i remember waking up to the song that was on TikTok in my head you saw it and i was like whoa that is not godly and i was so because i'm really dramatic with myself <laughs> and i'm like i'm i'm supposed to be waking up with the goodness of god and i got a TikTok song on my head right. and what it does is what you hear, you start to paint a picture and then you want to participate in the picture that's in your head. So, I, you know, I know we talk about the word of God, but I understand why God says to meditate in Psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, because those things change your heart. They change your emotions. They change what you want, what you what your appetite is. So even I encourage our audience don't give yourself permission to do everything that you can do right you have to know what works for you and know what's going to keep you closest to god because what you're hearing is painting pictures in your mind yes what you want to partake in yes. and after a while you would have you your mind would have been conformed to the world standard of doing it that's why we got to look at our biblical examples we can't always go and look at a, a, a somebody i remember taking a coaching series and i was like oh that's not gonna work for me because right. emotion doesn't i can't work for where i want to be mm -hmm. i want to be i want to show people the way to christ so mm -hmm. this ain't gonna work for me mm -hmm. so just knowing your weaknesses but controlling our hearing mm -hmm. and our entertainment even if that comes to one of your friends that want to keep talking about something that's not godly all of it plays a part in what you see mm -hmm. yeah i really thought that that was very very admirable to talk about our hearing and how it plays it paints those pictures in our mind and we will find our desires one lane over from the truth yeah. which means that we will never end up at the point that god wants us because if you ever had a gps and you're one street over you're lost <laughs> you're lost <laughs> you're lost that's right. It's important that we stay on that road, but that was really good. What are you looking at? Yeah. What are you looking at? And their question for Jessica is, why do saints of God get sidetracked by what they see? Um, I think it's because, see, sometimes, well, let's say it like this. It's something called heuristics. And what that means is we've been using these senses to help us solve problems a lot. Mm -hmm. And it works. You know, um, what I see, it keeps me from danger. You know, and um, what I want to smell, it helps me find food. And so these are like survival skills that we have in our natural flesh, so to speak. And we can, and so because they do work sometimes, we can almost be deceived into thinking that they work for everything. Mm 
But we just said it's really God on the inside working within us to will and do according to his good pleasure. And we know that his thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. We don't know which way he's coming from because he's always doing a new thing. So we have to have our daily bread from him. And so what happens is we start getting comfortable now thinking we can do these solutions and relying on them. And we think we have a quick answer. Oh, I know how to do this. I know how to do that. And we don't pause. We don't do like Christ did. We don't slow ourselves down and say, okay, let me see what God is saying about this yeah. situation. Let me see what he's got to say. Let me see what he would have to do. Is there a word of God that lines up with this anyway, anyhow? And God, do you want me to be doing this? And so that's how they do when they sell something to you real fast. You know that. You got to decide today. Oh, yeah. You go to um, what are these places? You go and buy this timeshare places. Yeah, you <laughs> thirty minutes. So they want you to be in a hurry. Be in a hurry. But the scripture says, "See, meditate on this. Slow meditate. it down, like Christ did." And said, "Wait a minute. It is written. It is written. It is written." And this, this is why it says, "Um, you know, the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit, and not by power nor by might, but by my Spirit." So when spirit. we're going to move in the Spirit of God, and when we're going to move in the strength of God, it's going to be by the Spirit. That's why we've got to spend time in the Word of God, so that we know God's voice and what He's saying to us. And that's why we fast. That's why we're praying, so we can discipline our flesh and say, no, you can't have that right now. I know you want to respond to that. I know you want to do that. But no, you can't have that right now, because you need to hear what God is saying. Because yeah. see, this trouble might work for you. It might yeah. look like trouble, but this trouble is a stepping stone to where yeah. I'm trying to get you to. And you don't even tolerate what I'm trying to give you until you feel <laughs> So you got to make sure that you be right. still and know that I'm God. Don't lean to your understanding. But yeah. it don't get me going. I'm telling you. I just, Come on, Dr. Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> 30 more seconds. 30 more seconds. Thank you, Danielle. And uh, what, we, what we can always know if ever there's a whole lot of noise, mm. God is about to do something great. Because mm -hmm. yes. what the devil do is make the noise mm -hmm. to get you distracted. Distracted. You can speak to your soul. Yes. And say, soul. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, what he said in Exodus 14, 14, he said the Lord will fight for you. And you... Shut your mouth. And a lot of times what God will do whenever the devil sees sometimes the devil anticipate the blessing coming. And so he wanted all this noise and all that stuff because he's trying to distract you from God. Yes. But when you tell your soul to encourage my soul, still see the salvation of God. He didn't say make the salvation, stand still and see. Tell your soul God is about to show me something that's going to blow my mind. And so what he wants you to do is get you to look in here, look in there, looking at other people, get you off track with God. But if you can just stand still, you'll see the salvation of God. Like Sister Dr. Brooks said, what are you looking at? Keep your mind stayed on Jesus. I see Jesus. Peter saw the waves mm -hmm. he took his mind off jesus yes he did and he starts sinking and the same thing that happened to peter will happen to us yes. don't pay attention to all that noise look at him yeah and if we look at him we'll stay on top of the water 
The mother said, what you doing? You ain't doing this, you ain't doing that. No, I'm staying on top of the water. I'm looking at Jesus. And when the storm is over, you'll still be on top of the water. Good job, Dr. Brooks. Good job. Yes. You finished, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> but now, if you want me to go down a little bit deeper, come on, come on, come on. Come on. I love come on. talking about Jesus. <laughs> he done brought me out of some close places. Come on, Bishop. There were times I didn't think I was going to come out, but I knew I wasn't going to give up. Yes. See, that's something you got to know. I might not get out of this thing, but one thing I know. Not gonna give up. Yes. I don't have nothing else to go to but Jesus. Yes. God likes it when you get to be your all in all. I don't have nothing else. Lord, why is Jesus asked his disciples, Are you gonna leave me too? Mm -hmm. They said, Lord, where are we going? You yeah, got the you words know. of eternal life. So yes. you make up in your mind, come hell or high water, yes. Jesus will be mine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm I'm, I'm cool now. <laughs> okay, I must say this one more time. I didn't know, think I was going to get out, but I'm not going to give up. That's yeah. right. Yeah. That's perseverance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's perseverance. Wow, that was something to quote. Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Jessica. Yes. Thank you, Bishop. Yes. <laughs> Okay, well, I can make mine really quick because I was just last week. All right, so mine was the multiple choice, and it was basically talking about, I'm going to sum it up in my words, um, basically, God will always, you will always have an option what to pick. Mm -hmm. And I think it shows our maturity and what we love and all of these things through the choices that we make. And I think about um, a... Um, it was Abraham mm -hmm. and God asked him for the question. He asked the thing that he wanted the most out of life. Mm -hmm. God asked him for, he gave him a multiple choice question. Mm -hmm. He could have, he could have said, no, God, I want, I, I waited all my life for this and I can't, but just to know that you were taking your son Mm -hmm. For him to be killed, but at, but then again, Abraham had full confidence mm -hmm. that the Lord yeah. was going to provide yeah. what he needed. But he still had to go through the motions yes. and make the choice mm -hmm. to give God what was most valuable to him—the yes. thing he waited a lifetime for—that it took a miracle for him to possess. Yeah, and that was really important to me because. Sometimes when God moves in your life and he grants you with a blessing, are you able to give it back? Yes. The multiple choice comes back into effect. Now, can I have it back? Mm -hmm. Will you give it back to me mm -hmm. so that I can multiply? And had Abraham not gone and mm -hmm. gave him back the one son, he wouldn't have became the father mm -hmm. of many nations. So the one choice ended up taking him to the thousands of choice and God fulfilling his word in his yes. life. Yes. David made a choice yes. to kill Goliath. Yeah. He could have been just like everybody else. And sometimes we are afraid to be the one man that mm -hmm. makes the difference. Mm -hmm. But 
but David knew enough about God to be the one man to say, you're not going to come against my people. The God I serve will take care of you. And he yes. did. But had he not, we might, every history would have been at stake had he yes. not stood up. And I want us to think about that too. When we don't make a choice, generations are affected by our choices yes. today yes. Yes. you're no different than abraham no you're no different than david you're no different than deborah there's a multiple choice that takes place every single day yes. what are you choosing are you choosing to give god back your life he gave his life for ours but he always whenever god blesses you be prepared for the yes. multiple choice question That's to Yes, yes. So that he can multiply it. And it's My not to be given back to him that it multiplies, not adds, but it multiplies. Yes. He became the father of what he was the father of one child. And because he gave him that, he became the father of many nations. Yes. And so will you. And remember, faith is the architect of the Christian life. Everything that we have, we live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And we have to choose God in everything we do. Whenever we have the choice to choose sin, whenever the we have the choice to choose comfort, we have to choose Christ. That's yes. what makes us instruments that he gets the greatest glory out of because we get to choose Come Christ on. on every opportunity. Yes. So don't forget, you are the pressure of the world. You God. make a difference. When you make the choice, you create the pressure for sinners to want Christ. You create the pressure for people to want to live right. You are this earth pressure. All right? So just know that there's a multiple choice always taking place in your life. Oh, and we know what you love by what you choose. Yeah. And know what you That's love God. by what you choose. By what you choose. Love That's comes right. down to what you do. Yes. It goes back to Barfield. It's built out of my faith. Yes. And then love comes. When love comes in effect, there is no limit to love. Yeah. <laughs> there is no limit to love. Yeah. And remember, my last my last thing was is to take out three words or three phrases out of your vocabulary that you will take out of your conversation mm -hmm. and live by the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. My question on the floor is, Why do why do saints continue to choose fail methods rather than live by faith? Mm. The answer is is because they have control of the failed methods. Mm -hmm. mm. And wow. it takes courage to yeah. try That's something new. Wow. <clears throat> well, always you have a multiple choice going on. Mm -hmm. You can take the comfort of failure. Yes. Or you can take the choice of victory. Every time you choose God, it will end in victory. Yeah. And don't be like Eve. Know the word. Yeah. Don't have a conversation with the Satan. Come on. You don't know enough. Shut his <laughs> mouth up. Put him in his place and reign. Yes. If you stay there and have that conversation long enough, Ooh. you will be a modern day Eve. Yeah. You have a multiple choice. Live it out. That's it. Wow. And then, and then what we have to, what we have to do along with that is we have to understand that, uh, our greatest glory 
is during the time of our greatest trial. Out of all that Jesus did, his greatest glory was when he was snatching the sting out of death and taking the pain out of uh, out of the out of the grave. So sometimes, you see, we get to a certain point. All right, the Lord has blessed me now. I'm I'm riding in a Rolls Royce. And then we get so tied up in the Rolls Royce until if God take me back down to a Volkswagen, young man, send me a picture of my first Volkswagen. And if God take me back down to a Volkswagen, I'm going to stop serving him. No, no. I go back to a mule, but I'm not going to stop serving him. No, no. Stop. Because sometimes at your lowest point is when you're bringing God the greatest glory. Yes. Yes. Like Job, Job, when, when Job gave God the greatest glory because the devil was counting on him, cursing God and dying. Yes. But God said, you watch it. Job said, the Lord has given and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we have to learn to bless him. And, and, and you know, it's not over yet. And the same thing is going on now. Satan is telling God, if you take the car, if you take this, then they'll curse you to your face. And then turn around. If you ever testify, you testify when you think you've lost something. You yeah. can't lose in Jesus Christ. Yeah. I shall suffer no loss. Come but on. I will still praise him. Yes. All right. <laughs> All right. Woo. Yes. You know, and even the even if you get down to a mule, that's still a blessing too. Yes. yes. Go loose the court. Go loose you the court. So exactly. You got my you got my three hundred horsepower. No, I just got one. But I still won't give up. I still won't give up. And you know, even even when you know, you can even when it comes to giving, sometimes God will let that tie be the one thing that you have left just to see yes and then turn around and and triple it in favor and in money and all he wants to do is you to just to try you just to see what do you do your is your actions matching your confession and there's so many people that when they get in those positions like bishop just said they choose their way but just to choose God, I mean, it's Jesus. yes. And you got and you and you and you have to make that choice. Mm -hmm. And the Bible said, and God tested Abraham. Mm -hmm. What he like what he wanted the most. God wanted to know, are you willing to give it up? Do you want me more than a son? Mm -hmm. Now you don't have to worry, Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide, yes, but you yes. have to decide. Yes. The Lord will provide, but you have to decide. Yes. That's right. <laughs> and to get to the point to say, just so God can say about us. Now I know. Now I know. Yes, yes. Now I know. That's the well yes. done before you get to the well done. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the earthly well done. Now I know. Y'all are for some fantastic teachers. Thank God for you. I am so proud of y'all doing such a fantastic job. 
Uh, and I tell you, I can feel the weight lifting up off my shoulder. Oh, well, praise the Lord. Y'all are not y'all are not just saying something to look good. Y'all are living what you're teaching, and that's what makes it so important. <laughs> we have so many people today that are faking it. Yes. But I thank God at Redeemed Assembly, we got ministers and preachers that are living what they're talking about, and that means so much. Thank God for you. Amen. Thank you for leading the way, Victor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I almost jumped up. Okay. So um are there any more questions out there? I feel Jesus. Okay. Uh, any more questions out there that we can answer or any other questions that may help you in this walk? Here's your chance to pose those questions. Um, we are here for you. We're all growing together. Just practice what you know. Don't worry about knowing everything. Practice what you know. Just practice what you know. I can't say it enough. Practice what you know. You know enough to make it to heaven. And if you're out there and you have not given your life to Christ, I encourage you, it is the best decision you'll ever make. This is knowing and having that reassurance that God is with you every yes. step of your life, yes. that he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, that his love will never quit on you. I encourage you during this time, during this time of passion, that you give your life to Christ and let him be your prize in life. And let him be that reassurance that you always wanted. And let him be the source of everything you need. And all you have to do is say, Lord, I invite you into my life. Yes. I repent of my sins. Mm -hmm. And Lord, I say that your way is the yes. way. And, and when you do that, make sure you text us. And I will give you the number in a couple minutes. But we've got one question. Mm -hmm. What is the proper way to tithe and how, how often? All right, the proper way to tithe is make up in your mind, God is going to get 10%. 10% mm -hmm. is tithe. And that says you are in charge of my finances. Mm -hmm. How often you tithe, as often as you get it. Mm -hmm. Or in one case, um, there was a delay because of the distance away. But as often as you can come into the place where you're worshiping and so forth, then that's when you carry your tithe. If it's weekly, you tithe weekly. If it's monthly, you tithe monthly. Amen. And Bishop, I'm reminded of, um, we don't want it because the tithe belongs to God. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to store the tithe among our own stuff. No. We know what happened in the Old Testament when someone right. things that belong to God and stored it among our own stuff. So that's right. Yes, that's as right. often as you can. You don't want to keep it because you you don't want anything to happen to you. No. you go ahead and and do it as soon as you can. The sooner you put it in the bank, the sooner you start drawing interest. At least that's the way it used to be. <laughs> the sooner you put it in the bank, the sooner it starts drawing interest. The sooner you give it to God, the sooner God can start working on it for you. All right, ma'am. One of the Sometimes things that worked for me was Go Bishop ahead. said that when you don't tithe, you're you're telling God that you can do more with your finances than God can. Yes. Does not work. And yeah. it doesn't work. 
and and then the danger of holding on to your tithe. The tithe is actually slated for destruction. It's slated to give be given up to God. Yes. So if you place it among that which you want to keep, and the tithe <laughs> is to be offered up, it will destroy whatever's yes. among it. So you have to remember that it's already slated for mm -hmm. destruction. So if you don't want what you're keeping to be destroyed, put the tithe out so it can be insured. And the scripture says, curse with a curse." Yep. Yeah. and decide i think that's the big for me personally yes. just decide so it's not even an issue it's mm -hmm. not a debate once you decide god this is yours and then yes. god's gonna try you with it right oh yeah money. but yes, then god. you already decided then it's god and so yeah and it's god exactly. and sometimes you even have to if you know yourself sometimes you even have to have a direct deposit into a separate that's account. Right. Whatever it takes to keep Never God's said. money separated from yours. Yes, I yes. I don't see it. Because even though it seems like it's tearing, it seems like you've gotten away for years for it, I don't want the day to come. Yes. You know, I don't I wouldn't want that day to come. So, you know, practice what you know and do whatever and, you have to do. And the scriptures cannot be broken. <laughs> and it works. Believe in the blessing, yeah. you got to believe in the curse. Yeah. Yeah. And tithing works. It, it, it does. Works. It I'm does. Witness. It, I think we're it all works. witnesses. Mm -hmm. It works. Yeah. You know, I can remember my small tithe at one point, right? Mm -hmm. And but and God knows how to. If he, if you can stand to be blessed, can I trust you with it? Yeah. yeah. I can let you handle a little more if I can mm -hmm. trust you with it. And a lot of times, you can pay small on a tithe when it was a small amount. In other yeah. words, I made a hundred dollars, so I paid a ten dollars. Yeah. But, but you know, how about how about when you made a million dollars? Can you pay a hundred thousand? See, that's sometimes when we get tempted. Yeah. 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 I like this. Pay now or pay later. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> pay now, pay later. That's a good. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And, and, just... and believe me. God will test you. You know, yeah. if you yeah. test Abraham, sure. God yeah. will not tempt you. He oh, will test right. you. Test you. That's right, Bishop. Yeah. Right. And it's really not about money. It's about the faith and trust, really. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Great question. That was a great question. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Any more questions? We are way past the usual time that we have Bible class, but we want to, and y'all hung in there with us. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning yes. in. Um, uh, that's, is that the end of the questions? I don't want to leave without, you know, yes, tithing works. We all, tithing yeah. really works. Yeah. So whoever asks that question, I encourage you, start immediately paying your tithes. Yes. And in this world, you can't depend on nothing else, not even the banking system. No. One little chip away, one little computer <laughs> glitch. No. And the question is, do you tithe on your IRS refund? Now, the IRS refund, you should have already tithed on that. Right. Gross. There you go, Bishop. Tithe on your gross amount. Yeah. That's right. Now. So, so you've already tithed on that. So whatever come in, that's your money. Yeah. 
That's key word to y'all. Gross. Gross. Yes. Don't try yeah, to give God nothing on no net. Right. No net is no what net. they fish with. You need to get that. Is out there, Sean. Gross if you on time. We we giving him all his money. All right. Yeah. Yes. God, we got doing. Yeah. All right. All right. <laughs> So gross. There's a stimulus check or something like that. Yeah. That's yeah. next. <laughs> yeah, that is what you fish with. <laughs> yeah. That was good, E. <laughs> Anything else? That's All it. right. All hearts and minds are clear. Thank you so much again for choosing Redeemed Assembly tonight. We hope that your life is forever changed by this one live stream and that your life will never be the same. Thank you again. Have a great night. Bye, everybody. Have a blessing. Good night.